And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, if we got a ton to talk about, it's the Weighing In Podcast, and we are going to go over everything that happened at UFC 293. The huge upset by Sean Strickland taking out Izzy. That was a hell of a fight. We've got so many other things to talk about. There was the game-bred bare knuckle. How did the two prior UFC heavyweight champions do against each other a second time? We got so much to talk about, and you're wearing a chief Chiefs hat. Hey, the Detroit Lions, baby. The Detroit. I'm now a fan. <laughs> you are the saltiest son of a bitch I think I've look ever at met. Lions guy. Oh my god. All of a sudden, now look at it's already there. You went from being a Tennessee Titans fan, Vegas fan. Oh, man, what fan of you are not? You're one of those. He's a total band. You guys, if you guys are listening to this, Dude. man, John is the all biggest know, bandwagon jumper. No, 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 no. I've been a Chiefs not. fan since I, I was five years yes, old. Yes, you have. I give that to you, and you can, you know. I I'm totally rocking it after an embarrassing loss. My <laughs> team is 2-0. That's all I know. Oh, yeah? yeah. What, what team is that? Volunteers. Oh, I th- oh, oh, I thought you were going to say, like, I thought you were going to say you're, like, Colorado Buffs football because now all of a sudden you like Colorado. <laughs> no, but I, I thought, hold on, hold that's on. That's par for your course, buddy. Hold on, let's be honest, they're, okay? They're good. I, I want to say... People can say whatever the hell they want. You know, you recall when Dion went to Colorado when he got that job mm-hmm. and that little speech that he made to those young men, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm coming, and you better be ready. Well, he's got, I want to say, is it 73 new kids yep. on that roster? Yep. 73, Josh. That's amazing. Okay? But look at the two teams he played, and he's 2-0. and Yeah. People say whatever they want, man. I mean, He's ne- Nebraska had him locked down that whole first half. I mean, his offense was sputtering, yep. and his defense came yeah, through. And the week before, his defense kind of had, had sputtered, and his offense came through. Uh, That's whatever right. he's saying between weeks and days and whatever it is at practices, he's getting the uh, fire lit on those young men, those young men's asses, and it's awesome, man. It's it's awesome to see because, like this one, I guess apparently was a little bit more personable, personal because you know. Um, Matt Rule had said some things about, you know, Dion and, you know, and this and that, about what he did to the program, what he did to, and, and for NC2A football and all this other stuff. So he had some things to say, but uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a great performance. Uh, when you're struggling, they still, they still found a way to win. And that first one against TCU, I mean, it was what just a, a game. great game back and forth, back yeah. and forth. I mean, ah, uh, just, it's it's uh it's electric to see him. When you got the two ray player Travis Hunter, he is fantastic. This young man, he's probably the best cornerback, or maybe the second best cornerback in the in college football, and he might be the best receiver in college football right now. I mean, have you seen that little movie he let, he did on Nebraska yesterday? He he cut across yeah. the, the center, caught the ball, stopped on a dime, choop choop, whoop whoop, two way. <laughs> it was awesome. two way. I mean, you talk about a repeat yeah. of a guy named Deion Sanders. Yeah. So. Pretty but incredible. I mean, like this kid plays every snap. Dion, you know, he would play uh, receiver every once in a while, but he wouldn't play receiver very often. This is true. He was, but it's also college. But he all, he also ran back. Dion also ran back kicks. So he it's uh, he Dion did a little bit of sprinkles of everything, and it's very admirable what um, what the uh, what these other teams are trying to do to him mentally. But it ain't gonna get done. Someone who's mentally strong like Dion and understands oh, yeah. he's he's resonating down to his younger men and just telling them like, hey. Look, man, I, I don't lose. I don't lose. 
Like yeah. if you're gonna play on this team, you don't. Which you know what surprised me, John, was that? that the kids that were there at Colorado beforehand, they all transferred out. I know. I don't. They're scared. I know, but I, I didn't get that. Like if you believed oh, it scared. all, if you believed it all in your talents, and maybe the other kid next to you was maybe tied a little bit higher than you or a little bit lower than you, and you thought maybe he was going to favor his kid that came in from Jackson State, you stay. You stay and you learn You edge, like you like learn from someone who's been there who so is the just, best. I don't get it, man. But you just said it. Well, okay, hold on. Let's take a look I at would have my son. Right I would have made my son stay. I said, no, you have an opportunity okay, to learn from I agree best. with you. I totally agree yeah. with you. It's like, let me prove to you, okay? Everything in life is about competition, mm-hmm. Okay, I don't care what it is. And it's your ability to work hard and prove exactly what you can do that establishes who you are in life. And I I look at it and I think all those kids talk to each other. And all of a sudden they were put in this, well, you you know, he's just going to play the guys from Jackson State that come here. He's just going to bring in new people. He's not even give us a chance. And they all bought into the bullshit. Mm. What they needed to buy into was what he said. I'm coming. And you need to prove yourself. Yeah. Okay, I'll prove myself. But, you know, everyone's got a choice. Everyone's got a choice. The The only one that I would have said probably that I would have been, a, like, would have been. Quarterback would have been it, tough. Yeah, That's his yeah. son. And the kid the kid can play. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I was, to be, I, mean, I, I was listening to, I think, the, uh, the Herd show, the Herd, whatever. There's a ESPN show called uh, the Herd the, show, yeah. Colin. Colin Herd, yeah. And, um. He, he, him, and I had kind of the same assumption. I knew that his son was obviously going to be athletic. I knew he could probably rifle the ball into tight spots if he needed to, but I didn't expect him to have the accuracy to drop it on a dime. This kid's no, dropping, he, you know, forty and fifty yard play. He can play. He can One play. thing I am very surprised about, though, is that he doesn't run the ball more. He no, stays in he's that a drop back. He's a drop back yeah, quarterback. He tries to stay in that in that in that yeah. pocket and make he it can happen. Run. He skirts out every once in a while on the outside, yeah. but he can drop a dime and and in in movement, which is very impressive. Um, yeah. You know, there was something else this weekend that was very impressive. Also, a young nineteen year old Coco Golf won the U.S. Open, and I got I got to be honest, man, I watched the whole damn uh, match. I watched her. I watched her semifinal match. I watched her quarterfinal match. She's fucking good. She was ranked number six in the country, uh, number six in tennis, I should say, and um, and she's you, she is, you sat there watching. Oh, hell tennis. yeah, she is phenomenal, man. She's phenomenal. At nineteen years old, John U.S. Open champ, impressive. Awesome. I mean, there's only been a couple oh, yeah. other. I want to say Monica Seles was sixteen. Um, so there wasn't a couple other Jennifer Capriati, Monica Seles. I don't think Capri- I don't Chris, think Capriati what, won it though was, at, at, at young age. What was Chris Everett? Chris Everett. Was Chris Everett was fifteen. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, but in terms of, uh, there was two other females. I know Monica Sellis was one of them at sixteen. She just was never the same after the stabbing on the court. But look, you got, you got. I got. I look at Coco Golf and man, she played lights out yesterday against um, uh, Sabalenko. I think is her name. Uh, fantastic, fantastic match, man. And I mean Sabalenko's. Um, not hard to look at either, so it was very nice. <laughs> no wonder you were watching, bro. But I'm, I'm intimidated by women that are six foot, and she she's beautiful and six foot. I'm like, ah, you're a little bit too much, man. I'm gonna like trap you. <laughs> uh, no, but Coco Golf, man, she played fantastic. Lights out. She dropped the first set, I think six three, uh, six two actually, 
And then she came back and won the second set, 6-3, and won the third set, I think 6-2. Uh, so congratulations to her on U.S. Open champion, and uh, it was fun, man. It was fun to watch. I was like, man, this is you're watching history at that moment. Like you, I know every finals and every game is history, but yeah. when you have a, a young 19-year-old, and also, too, I think it's just the timing of Serena and Venus leaving the sport, and her just kind of coming right in and now probably going to be ranked number two, number three, somewhere in there after winning the U.S. Open. She might be in, you know, that two, three spot. But uh, congratulations to her, man. That was just, it was a fantastic match to watch. Very, very, like most 19-year-olds would have tucktailed and run after the first set, dropping it 6-2, six, six, I think is what she dropped it, 6-3. Six, you said 6-3. Six, six, three. Three. Uh, you know, but she would have tucktailed. And most of them would have just tucktailed. Man, she, she bit down on the mouthpiece and she fucking went after it. It was pretty impressive. Very impressive. So good for her. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I do not watch women's tennis. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I don't watch is I don't watch WNBA. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I don't man. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. If either. if they but, would lower the hoops, as long as it's someone else's cup cup of tea. If they lowered yeah, oh, the hip, hoops, I agree. And allow, hips. <laughs> if they lowered the hoops, lower those hips. Oh, just like a phone book, phone booth, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if they were to lower the the hoops. It would make it a lot more fun to see a little bit more banging down low underneath the basket, like those type of things. You don't see it, and it just kind of takes but away from would the it, sport. But, okay, but would it cause – think about it. You've done something for so long with a normal 10-foot mm -hmm. basket. Would it not affect the shooting? I mean, are they good or are they not? Yeah, they're good. But it's, good. I'm, not, I'm, not say, I'm not saying they can't handle it, yeah. but it's going to affect the shooting for a while because you've got – you would have to get used to that different height. No, but if they lowered it one foot, mm -hmm. just one foot, make it a nine foot, it would be a completely different game because you'd have yeah. a lot of women that were able would be able to come in, you know, post up, slam dunk, mm -hmm. all those things in an area where normally they're you know shooting a a layup or something like that. Well, we're in the infant stages of the WNBA. Do it now. While this, all the yeah. young talent generation's coming up, and because you know True. you want to improve it in the future. Look, and the other thing too is I hate, like I think even for fighting, I've been fighting for so long. I hate watching fighters that are friends. It's cool to be friends, but when you're in there, stop with the hugging and the kissing and the and the touching the hands and all this shit. Man, I don't mind if you just touch real quick and get ready to fight. But it just drives me nuts when someone gets hit with a clean shot and they shake, they, you know, they look at each other, and they start touching gloves. Man, we're in there to fight. Go out there and fight. I, I think there's moments where like you have a great exchange. You're both exhausted. You both smile at each other. Those are the moments that I like. Yeah. Not this whole absolutely. like, hey, hey, yeah, let's touch now. No, man, I'm trying to get you right now. I know you're tired. Don't break your ass. <laughs> well, in basketball, that I feel like these females, they're all friends. You know, maybe one or two don't like each other, but they're all friends. So like they they're they don't want to get in there and bang against each other. They don't want to get in there and dunk over someone's face. Hell no, man. That's what's going to make this sport more fun. There's going to be a little bit of that rivalry against each other. Like, nah, this guy ain't stopping. This girl, sorry, this female ain't stopping me down low. Hell no. And then I want to see that. I want to see that, you know, dunking in the face. I want to see them jumping over these females and just slamming it. I want to see that. Like, give me an opportunity. I think that'll make yeah. the sport a lot better. Just my two cents. I mean, look, you can take it for however you want. I don't give a shit what you guys think. <laughs> I want right, to. I'm, I'm just. I'm just going off. I'm off. I'm off of women's basketball okay. and tennis now. Stop. Okay. Kill you. Killing me. <laughs> I just. Uh, you know. Um, You're killing me. I love me. it, man. I love watching. We I had love, an I amazing. Watch, I love watching all sports. We had an amazing main event. We had an, actually a pretty goddamn good show overall for a, for a show that everyone. 
basically was saying, oh, this one's pretty freaking weak. It turned out to be a really goddamn good show. Well, John, before we even start on the main event. Very entertaining fight. You go ahead. I got got to get more into some more women's sports over here, okay? Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I'm just Just, kidding. Before we break into the the main event, you guys got to hit that subscribe button, though, on this YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button down low right there. Hit that little bell, too, for the notifications. I want to thank you guys for always supporting us. And, John, go ahead. Let's talk about the main event. You have Sean Strickland and Izira Adesanya. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Take it away, buddy. (laughs) Corona, California. Sean Strickland, you are the middleweight champion of the world. Congratulations, you sick bastard, you. I love it. I thought, dude, I love You know what? We were talking about it before, and I kept on wanting to say, man, I think he's got a chance to win. I really think he's got a chance to win. But then you looked at it and you go, I don't know, man. Is he so goddamn good in the stand-up? And Sean is a pressure fighter, but you know, we kind of talked about your bets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, those are the ones I don't like. And I don't like them because I think as the fight goes on, I think Sean gets stronger, and that's mm. not the area. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He was hard to hit. He never, he never really got hit with clean shots. No. And if he did, it was one. Yep. And that's the big difference. Izzy's got to hit with a combo and, and hit in, in uh, numbers, which he normally does and does easily. Sean Strickland looked just phenomenal. And the amazing part of it to me is this. We give Izzy so much credit as far as how good he is. And he deserves it. He's fantastic. He can do so many things. Sorry. He got beat by a guy, Josh. Be honest. When you watch the fight, Sean Strickland boxed. Yep. Now he threw a front teep kick, and he threw that consistently, and it was it was effective. And that was the main kick. He th- he maybe threw three kicks to the legs throughout the fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, he really didn't attack the legs, but he threw that front teep kick, and he sat there throwing a jab, a cross, and a hook. Yeah. And that was it. That was all he threw. And he freaking, with those three basics, as basic as it gets, he beat a guy that is that good in the stand-up, that good of a fighter, that good overall. And that's what just being a guy that can pressure, utilize that pressure, good cardio, and just basics and believe in yourself. Unbelievable fight by Sean Strickland. Yeah, it was absolutely unbelievable fight. I knew you were going to bring up my fucking bets, you jerk. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm an asshole. <laughs> look, look, I forgot my number one rule. When someone's that much of an underdog, always throw 25 down, 50 down, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Just throw it down, like see what happens. Like it just, I forgot my own damn rule, and I didn't do that. I thought for sure that Izzy was going to just walk away with this fight. I thought for sure he'd finish him before round four. Um, only because Sean does walk in, he walks straight in. I didn't take into account that oh, I don't even know what this what's this called again um the way he sh- blades himself the shoulder roll okay I, I didn't take into account that Izzy was gonna have a hard time with someone that just walked him down walked forward and had just was always stayed right outside of that range now John I think this is something we completely I know we make fun of him <clears throat> Sean Strickland because he spars so much but the simple fact of the matter is, what is sparring for? To get down the movement and to get down the range. To understand how uh, to deal absolutely. with somebody and the speed and the range and where your range is at. Where you can be and not be hit. And that's exactly what I saw last night. I saw somebody that was yeah. always just right, right outside of range 
and able to touch him when he needed to and also just kind of make sure that he stayed where he wanted him against with his back foot against the fence and was able to make make him move and he could land big shots off the movement or wait for him to stop and then throw straight down the pipe that one two right in the beginning of the of the fight in the in the first round that was because he threw it straight directly to the target yeah, and yeah. he waited for Izzy to stop that was his way of being fast. Look, he's not as fast as Izzy. He's just not. But if you throw your shots straight down the pipe, they get there fast. Yeah. And that's what he did. I mean, everything he did, and you got to give it to Izzy going backwards for five rounds. You know that's not easy. That is not <laughs> No, not three easy, rounds guys. is just torture. Do, your, do yourself a favor and just walk backwards for fucking five minutes. Mm -hmm. See what it's like. Yeah. You, but the, he had to he had to make the adjustment. Izzy never made any adjustments. He was almost like, almost like no. he was okay with losing his title. It was like he just conceded to the fact. John, I don't I know it's I know it's taking a little bit of a jab at him, but I think yeah. somewhere in there that it was like he just conceded that man, it's Sean's night. It's not my night. You know what? I'm gonna get out of here without trying to get knocked out. I don't know. It just every time it seemed like Sean threw, it looked like it kind of bothered Izzy. And now that, that threw me off. It that did. threw me off. But well, no, hold on. And this is and this is where people don't get it. If you go back to that first round, he got blitzed. Oh, yeah. Okay, he was hurt, and then he gets back. And and sometimes, and I will say that there's times when I cannot tell you why, and doctors cannot tell you why because I guarantee you they can't because. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> when I argue with him about this time, you can get hit with a shot and it can absolutely make the neurons and everything separate and, and make you where you can't control your body and everything. And you get hit with another shot right after it that actually puts you back. And you can hear Izzy when he says, you know, he comes back after the end of the first round. He doesn't know what hit him. You know, he's asking his corner, hey, what hit me? You know, and they're telling him it was a right hand. He says, okay. And they go, how you feeling? He goes, I'm clear. And you go, you are until you get hit again. Yeah. And that's this is what happens in fighting is all it takes is now one more shot. Even though you've got all this time, you are now much easier for me to cause a problem for and to make you have a disruption <clears throat> in that connection of your neurons. And that's what happened. It seemed like throughout the fight, and it started to get worse and worse mm -hmm. and worse as the fight went on. And that, you know, Izzy can't do anything about that. It's because he got hit with a shot that hurt him. Dave, uh, uh, Dave, pull that up for me, what I just sent you. Okay. I want to make sure that I want to make sure that um, we're not shying away from the, the, the facts of this fight. And if you can pull that up first. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I'm, so get, I'm getting it right there, now. There was something said by Dana White. And, and, and look, and Dana maybe on his side was thinking that. And, and I was kind of like, man, is he this, is he that? But I want to make sure that we're not shying away from the the whole point of this fight, or not the whole point, but what actually happened in this fight. Go ahead, and play it. Here, I'll play it. Israel looked like he was in slow motion. He looked like he couldn't get off. He looked like he was really stiff tonight. Um, he looked very slow. Do you think that could be? You know, we always talk about his activity, but maybe there's something to be said that he might be overtrained at this point and maybe needs some time off. Or do you think it's just, hey, sometimes you have a bad night? Only Israel knows what's going on. I'm very curious to see what he says at this press conference tonight. Um, 
you know that's good th- there are a that's million good. things that could go wrong i want to uh, say all these things and and here is i'm i'm, I'm, not, I'm not, not dissing on dan at all i'm not dissing on anybody that i i would sometimes lead myself into doing the same thing it had nothing to do with is he having a bad night it had everything to do with sean Strickland's performance he fought yep. he fought a fight that people just don't normally fight against Israel, Israel Adesanya. And the one guy that kind of did fight that way was Alex Pereira. And look exactly. what happened. In both fights, yeah. he was on his way to winning those fights. The second one, he got clipped and just got careless a little bit in that situation. But the pressure that he put on him, the way that he stayed just right outside the range from all those sparring rounds, tw- sparring 20 rounds, you know, in a day or some shit, whatever it is they're saying, he does some crazy amount of sparring. We made fun of him for doing that, but it obviously is working for him. Whatever works for, for him. him is perfect. That's right. And and someone said I saw someone too say he didn't shoot a takedown. There was one I think in the second round, or no, sorry, the fourth round when after Eric Nixick, it was a half ass shot, yeah. but he got into the yeah. body lock and Israel did a good job of giving him the hip and the shoulder shrug, a little over yeah. wizard, and was able to get out. <clears throat> Why waste all that energy when you're judging the range so well and keeping that distance and making him move? Just remember. Strickland understands that when you're moving, you can't sit down on your punches and I'm keeping you pressured, your back foot against the fence, you're stumbling with your back against the fence because you're not used to this type of movement, this type of pressure. And every time I land, it makes you gives you flashbacks of that first round when I clipped you and dropped you. He fought a fantastic fight, a almost perfect performance last night, and I don't want I don't I still want to take it away. I don't want to take away that Israel yeah. didn't come out and fight. Ah, bullshit. It was Sean Strickland okay. who won that fight. Look at Dana can have his opinion, and you know, it, you got to understand, Israel is a money maker for the UFC. So of course, Dana's gonna, you know, he's gonna have a preference here in who his champion is because one makes big money, and one right now is not that guy. Maybe Sean will be that guy. But to sit there and say he looked slow, he did not look no, slow. Josh. He didn't. He didn't at all. I thought he looked. He great. did not look slow at all. He and he, and he showed he was faster than Sean Strickland. He, the the guys that give Izzy problems. Izzy is a fucking six foot four, hundred eighty five pound fighter. He's got a very long reach. But the guys that give him problems are guys that can match that as far as that he cannot basically big brother by putting his hand out which he does all the time and managing the range and deciding when the engagement is going to occur when he can do that he's unbeatable because he's so goddamn gifted he couldn't do that against alex alex crushed that on him and gave him problems and sean in this fight crushed that well he was unable to control that range Sean kept the pressure on. He tried. He was working to try to control the range. And every time Sean just walked right through what was his 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 gauging meter of his arm and everything and just put shots on him that made him have to reset, reset, yeah. reset, reset. Nah, man, you know, it's Sean Strickland. It had Izzy did not look overtrained. If he looked overtrained, he would have been much more tired because he took a ton of shots. And he was moving backwards throughout. He was the guy that was putting out way more energy in that fight. So he was in shape. He was fast. He just got beat by a style and a guy that fought beautifully that night. And that, give it up for Sean Strickland. 
Okay, so now let's move on. Where where do they where does Izzy go from here? Because we've said this before <clears throat> countless times. Once the blueprint once the blueprint has been laid out on how to beat you, I, a lot of these fighters will start it picking it up. You of course. you're great when you're the when you're imposing your will. You're great when you're standing at range and when you're not being pressured. Now if I pressure you and put your back to the fence and you have to move so much, you don't have the power to finish me. Possibly you can get one through, the speed, all of those sure. things possibly you can get it through but if i just stay defensive and i just walk you down and touch 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 don't throw anything hard a very nick diaz type style fight or nate diaz type type fight just walk you down touch 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 and eventually one's going to get through and i'm going to be able to try to finish you <clears throat> where does where what happens to izzy now because look that's two losses in what three fights yeah i, I mean like i don't see an automatic rematch happening you, oh, I, I can't. I can't Dana, see Dana that. said that. Oh, Dana right right away. Oh yeah, I think Izzy deserves a rematch. It's like bullshit. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. Okay, that's two losses in his last three fights. Okay, uh uh Yeah, this is time. And and I thought you know uh, Cormier said it. You know, I think he needs some time off. And I think he, I think Cormier is right. He does. You got to You know, you need to get away. Get away from it a little bit. Get recharged. It's tough when you are the guy that. You know, has that title, and we talk about it all the time having that target on your back. But it is a matter of exactly what you said. I love what how you put it. Hey, guys have got a blueprint mm -hmm. now. You know, look at Krokop. Krokop was a fantastic. He was a monster in Pride until Fedor showed this is how you beat him. Now it doesn't mean that he didn't go back and win a ton more, more yeah. fights because not everyone is able no. to take that <clears throat> blueprint. And make it happen in the fight, but a lot of guys can, and everyone, everyone that fights Izzy from this point will always attempt to pressure him, put him on his back foot, make him fight with his back to the cage, and say, I've got to walk through that range and length that he has to make him uncomfortable. You know, it's not that he's not going to get more wins, he will, but it's going to be tougher. Yeah, it's going to be tougher. And I look at um, Alex Perea came out last night and said, he's like, well, I guess there goes my my thoughts of going back down to 185. Because <laughs> yeah. they tra they've trained together now. And then it's like, why would I make the cut? I was only coming back for one man. And if that was if yeah. he was to beat him. Well, and also, I'm surprised. I didn't see the comments. But Alex is like, I told you guys that Sean has a good chance. I, I was very, oh. I was very pleased to see someone come out and say something very positive about Sean Strickland. Not a lot of people do. I, I, I want to say well, there was um, Kai Bahao, who is a damn good middleweight fighter on the ups in the UFC. I think, isn't he in the, is Bahao in the top 15? No, he's not. So. I thought he would be. <clears throat> you know, he's he's been really, uh, you know, coming on. I want to say, does he have one loss or something? But he was talking about the fight. I, you know, I heard him and he was saying, he picked Strickland. Wow. He said, I think Strickland's going to win the fight. He goes, and I think he's going to, he goes, he goes either TKO in the fourth round or he'll win on points. I was like, wow, look at you. And it wow. went exactly like he said. Very so, impressive. Yeah. Now, where does Sean Strickland go from here? Because you know, Jared Cannonier is going, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right yeah, here. But you know that you can, I think it's a great, it's a great rematch because there was, you know, you look at it, Strickland and him, what was a close fight. It wasn't Super a very close. great fight, though, John. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, but I think it would be much better this time. I think so, too. I think in, in a rematch, that's going to actually be a good fight. I think Duplessis has uh, he has the right to say, I, I deserve that shot. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I look at it, 
put put you know it might be that and i don't know what they told cannoneer that hey you you become our backup we're going to give you the next shot could be i'm not sure but you know it could be that cannoneer automatically knows hey i'm going to get that next shot okay then do pluses either one of those guys put put those against strickland mm-hmm. but with izzy you know I, I definitely wouldn't give Izzy a rematch now, and I would put Izzy against, I think, the Kamzat Chemaya versus Paulo Costa, whoever wins that. Oh, man, put you're, Izzy you're against being that. mean now. <laughs> well, or you can, well, you can do it, and you can do it one of two ways. You can put him against the winner, or you can put him against the loser because you're always looking, the UFC yeah. likes to take two guys that have lost and put them so we get a win for one of them. Either way. Um, I look at... What fight would bring me the most potential money and what fight might bring me the most action? <clears throat> I do agree with you that Cannoneer and him, now that they've felt each other's power, now they understand each other on the feet, they'll, they'll be less of a filling out process and then they'll yep. get after it. It'll be a better fight. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I think that the fight that makes the most sense and the most action pack will probably be him and Duplessis. Yeah, because Duplessis takes bigger he chances. He takes bigger chances. He takes bigger shots. He's also a mountain of a man for uh, for that weight class. <laughs> he's a, he's he's a big, big strong guy. dude. I was very yeah. surprised. I'm like, damn it. He's just... And so it's going to give Sean some problems. I think for the fan, uh, being a fan, he, I want to see that He fight. will. But Duplessis is going to have find that Sean is a lot more difficult to take down and to be on the ground with than... A lot of people think. I think he'll keep it on the feet, but I think it'll be more help. I think he's going to underestimate how elusive Sean Strickland is. Even though he just witnessed what he witnessed last night, he's going to go out there <laughs> thinking, man, if I touch this guy, he's going to sleep. You're going to have a hard time touching him. That little yeah. that little snap kick bullshit that he was doing last night, but it was effective, and it works. It's effective. It works. It. He's do- I mean, Basic. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to put, put it up there and just say, hey, you know what? Keep the range. This is your distance. Okay, I'm gonna keep That's you it. right here. My range finder. That jab, it's 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 his little snap kick, and then his little his jab, and both of them were money for him last night. That led right into the right hand. Beautifully done. Great performance by him. Uh, I can see if because Dana came out publicly and said that he doesn't like people that turn down fights, and that's exactly what happened with Duplessis because they asked about yeah. Duplessis being next, and he's like, "Well, you know how I feel about guys turning down fights. Fucking hate that shit." <laughs> so I, there might be a little bit of that going on. So you may see Cannoneer and Strickland next. Or there might well, there, you, there might be a wait to see if if Chumayev and Paul Costa ends up being a great fight. You take the winner of that fight, Strickland. Cannoneer's got to fight either Izzy or Duplessis has got to fight Izzy for a non-title fight. There, there you go. That could be it. That sucks that for Duplessis. That's what. You, <laughs> damn. No. Damn. I, 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 as Dana said, mm-hmm. don't turn down the fight. Yeah. True. 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 You know, you got to figure there was money. There was money that was lost. Yeah, I know. They, they in, my, brought, in my pocket, they, I lost my money last night. They, yeah, they, they brought. They brought Izzy in when Duplessis yeah. had his victory stuff. You know, that's all money and everything, and uh, it kind of was wasted. And so I understand the the being a little upset, mm-hmm. but you can't take the fight away from the guy. He he deserves to be right there. I mean, we're not going to take it away. I'm going to give it to you now for a non-title fight, though. It's still, that's felt, that same fight is still there, buddy. Just no title You said on you line. wanted that fight. Well, here it yep. is now. Now let's see how hard you should have taken it when the title was on the line. No, I get it. Uh, um, but congratulations to Sean Strickland, the new yep. middleweight champ. Can I, can... Uh-oh. I don't want no no I don't want to ruin it I don't want to ruin what we just okay. did we did a great job we'll talk I want remind me though to bring back 
this conversation with uh, with the with the middleweights. Remind me to bring it back yeah. towards the end of the show. Okay. All right, we know where I'm going with this, John. Do you know where I'm going with this? Okay. I just wanted yeah. to. I, I don't want to ruin the moment right now. Yeah. <clears throat> we had Alexander Volkov taking on the Shuey King, Tai Tuivasa, and you know, man. Again, you take a look at this. You know, it's one of those. Taitui Vasa, he's a tough dude. I love this guy. He is so fun to watch. He comes to fight. He's he's a lot faster than people realize as far as he's got fast hands. But he's a brawler. And when you take a brawler and you can keep a brawler at length and make him have to take big chances to break into that range that he can be effective with, you know, it becomes difficult and it becomes now Ooh, which one's going to catch who? Who's going to be that one? And most of the time, it's going to be the guy who is in control of the range that's going to be able to catch the guy trying to jump in. Alexander Volkov did a beautiful job in controlling range throughout that fight. He did a beautiful job when it, when the fight finally was, you know, taking it to the ground. That the 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 one that ended it, it was a nice little right hand that hit Tuyavasa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the foot was up, so he's off balance. I'm not saying it, but it was still a nice little right hand that actually hit him too. And you could see that after the end of the first round, Tuyavasa was confused and a little bit, you know, not sure about Jesus Christ. And then we look at what's happening. Came out, he tried to do exactly what his corner said. And when Volkov was able to land that that right hand with the, the leg up in the air and puts him down, you know, Tuyavasa, as soon as he got mounted and you saw, you, know, you talk about all the time, the turtle on his back. Mm -hmm. And this was this wasn't guard; it was mount. So you got a guy that's six foot seven with long legs, grapevining you, and putting a lot of hip pressure on you. And he had no ability to get out of there. He took some big shots, and uh, Volkov ends it with an Ezekiel choke, something you don't see all the time. But hey, it's effective. Hey, trust me, when you're using your body weight and you have that hand under and you're pressing down with that in the throat, it can absolutely take your breathing away and finally Tuivasa had to tap. There was a moment right when that Ezekiel choke was being put on, I was like Laura Sanko, do not save DC from this. Go ahead, let's hear what he calls it. Let me hear what DC calls this move. I want to know what he calls it. Yeah. And Laura jumped right in because she knew exactly what it was. And I was yeah. like, nah, man, you're a better female. You're a better person than I am. Better, Definitely a better female than me. But yeah, Way definitely. better female um, than you. It was just funny. I was like, man, DC's going to say something. He's not going <laughs> to. She jumped in. He's in with but that that position and that move and that technique with no gi, it works more effective with guys that have long limbs. And yep. it's very hard to get if you don't have, you know, if you got T-Rex arms and you can't get it in there all the way. So it's uh, very difficult. But look, great performance. I was I was a little surprised by the cornering until it actually started happening in the second round when uh Two of Austin's corner said, hey, you're killing him with the leg kicks. I'm like, they don't look like they're having that much of an effect. No. But then in the I, second round, he came out and he landed two really good ones right off the bat. And I was like, oh, wait, he is having it. There is an effect there. And so it just, he uh, he wasn't setting him up. He wasn't moving his head offline when he was throwing him. Boy, and, not at all. And so that's what, le that, that's what led to him getting hit with a nice shot and then getting dropped. And then what really does surprise me, and I've said it, heavyweights are normally turtles on their back. You know, it doesn't matter really. There's a couple of standout guys. You know, I'm sure the the young kid Almeida, I'm sure he's not a turtle on his back. You got Tom yeah. Aspinall. You know, um, Curtis Blades will not be a turtle on his back. He's trying. You know, he's a 
wrestler, they'll, they'll figure out a way to get up. Yeah, they'll scramble. They'll, they'll give up position, a lot of these guys. Just the basics of grappling. And look, I've trained with two of the best heavyweights in the world ever, ever to fight in the sport, you know, in Cain Velasquez in D.C. Both of those guys, they very rarely train jiu-jitsu. It's, it's, and, and DC's made it very clear. He's, he said it a couple of times. Kane, he trained jujitsu quite a bit. Uh, he just didn't have guys really that were, that were good enough at AK at the time until like a couple guys came in. Buchecha came in a couple of times and trained, but you can't get a lot out of 10 days. You know, you come in and train for 10 days. And we've also learned that a lot of the top level jujitsu guys, they'll train twice a day, but they don't train at the intensity of which MMA guys do. And so when they're when they're in there having to get banged, they're getting banged on by wrestlers, by real wrestlers, you know, and in the takedowns and like guys like Kane and DC, they're just foot sweeping them, hip tossing them, you know, dumping them, sitting them down, just kind of toying with them in the wrestling. They're not the same people. So getting guys to come in and train with Kane and DC wasn't the easiest thing as well. That's why I tip my hat to guys like Buchecha who came in and worked with them for, you know, for a couple a couple times. But it's just hard. Like these guys, the heavyweights don't really care to train jujitsu, and then you see it a little bit with the with the way that they act on their back. No idea how to get out of mount. No idea, you know, from half guard, just allowing them to sweep legs wide open. Just go ahead, cut through my guard like a hot knife through butter. Go right ahead, just slide right through. You know, it just was one of those. You could see, it and I just was like, oh man, you can make it. You can make it to the third round. You can make it to the third round because if he'd have made it to the third round, I would have won more money. So I just, I was, I was like, oh, but it is what it is, and uh, you know. But look, two of Asa to me is always in the fight when he's on his feet. As soon as the fight yeah. hits the ground, I'm like, man, this is not going to go well. It's not going to end well. So, uh, but anything from Volkov, you could tell though, John. The, and I text you this. I said the size of Volkov in terms of when his leg hits Tuivasa, you could tell the Tuivasa like it was throwing him off balance. It was giving him, it was making him uneasy to throw something because it was just knocking him off balance. He couldn't get power behind anything he did because of the tree trunk that was swinging at his body. And I've been there a couple times, and it's felt that like you're sparring with someone who's a little bit heavier, and they kick you, and you're like. And it moves you. It's like, okay, this is different than just being able to check and block and, and okay, it hurt a little bit. That's different. This was literally moving to Ivasa. Yeah. It, the size, Obviously, he had, he had a size differential that he had to work through. It created problems for him throughout the fight. And it was, it was one of the big things that Volkov mm -hmm. used as far as controlling that fight because he controlled the range. He basically, you know, he, he, he was a sniper of, you know, just picking him apart and every shot started to have an effect as the fight went on and yeah i don't i don't take anything from tui avasa I mean, he's just tough as hell but volkov was just the better fighter and that's why he's moving up in the rankings congratulations to him do you think he gets you think it's another title shot here soon no <clears throat> he's number four now i think he'll be number, i think he is number four ranked number four i think no now. he was number seven wasn't he he was but he was behind tui avasa no, was he? I think he was. No. I want to say he, he was ranked was, higher than Tuivasa. Nope. No, it was two behind. Jeez. Two behind. See? Oof. All right. So he'll move, you know, at least up to number six. Yeah. But he's not gonna nah. he's not gonna make any movement past that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta figure Stipe is gonna be out here out of here soon. So after after yes. the John Jones fight, he'll be gone. So Stipe will be gone. You have Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades, and Cyril gone. I mean, I wouldn't mind um, have Cyril gone and Volkov fought? Yes, I believe so. Can you look that up? I, I don't recall I that fight. 
Yeah, 2021, vo- uh, gone one by decision. Oh, okay, five okay. Got it, got it. Five yeah. rounds, so it was a main event. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't recall that fight at all. Like, none of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, hey, next fight. Oh, I tell you what, this is a great fight. Just a great, and I, I told you, I said, look, Santos, I've watched him fight. He, he's good, mm-hmm. you know? And I watched it when he fought. He fought in the LFA when I watched him, and I was like, "Damn, that kid is fighting. He he's throwing crazy flying knees and stuff at times." But 125 pounds. You look, you go, man. He's he, he kind of does look like a, a small, you know, Charles Oliveira as far as some of the crazy things he'll do. He's comfortable going up against Manel Cape, who we know is super fast, very talented young fighter. You know, came out of Ryzen and uh, just to getting better with every fight. Man, they, they these guys put on a performance. Mm. This was a great fight. I thought Manel at times was just looking so slick. Some of the things he, he was doing and, and the counters that he was landing. And then Santos would come back and he would throw big shots and land and hurt him. You know, and I was just just absolutely entertained throughout. It was a fantastic fight. I thought Santos proved himself, you know, over. Yeah, he got the loss as far as, you know, he's no longer undefeated. He went up so far with this fight. The UFC is going to now look at him and put him. He's going to get ranked, mm-hmm. I think, off of this damn fight. And uh, you're going to expect big things. And he's even better than I thought because I thought when I saw it, I said, look, he's good. I've seen him fight, but Manel's just too good overall, and he's he's going to probably get rid of him yeah, about probably by the second round. Just tough as nails, man. I, yeah. I, I give that kid every everything I can because you go in under that kind of circumstance. He was supposed to fight on the Dana White contender series thing, right? You you get this opportunity. You've got media. You got all these things that look you never really had to do before. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of media too. You know, yes, he did things when he was fighting in, you know, some of the small shows of the elephant, but nothing no. compared. And you're on this stage. That takes a ton to be able to handle that and not let it affect your performance. He didn't let it affect anything. He just went out there and he performed. He fought his ass off against a guy that's really good. And he walked away, I think, as a winner, even though, yeah, it's a loss on his record. Yeah, it might be a loss on his record. Um, he... He fought his ass. I remember, what was the other guy's name that came in short notice? Lopez. Remember, Lo, they called him Lopes. For, uh, his last name was like Diego. Yeah, yeah Diego Lopes. Diego, yeah. He came out. Uh, he's fucking fantastic. He fought fight. against Evelyn. Yes. Fantastic fighter. Yep. Fantastic and fight. second fight, man. Had a fantastic performance. Showing, oh, unbelievable. And then now I'm yeah. looking at this young man, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. He does remind me a lot of Charles Oliveira. You know, a little bit of the dyed tips, you know, and then the shoot box <laughs> tattoo. I mean, like he, he has that shoot yep. box tattoo on the back of his neck. Um, but everything he did was very, uh, very Charles uh, Oliveira-esque, I should say. Had yep. a very good push kick, kind of stood a little bit upright. Uh, I was surprised he didn't try to get more to the clinch uh, every once in a while, but he, he was doing well. He was doing well with the flying knees, doing well with the push kick, doing well with the, his combinations. You could tell he sort of slowed down a little bit towards the speed was the number one thing. He was having yep. a hard time with the speed of Manel. And Manel Cop is just one of those guys that just has that. He gets in, gets out. He's, he's got that ultra fast. Speed. Yeah, and, I mean, he 
it's it's that's sickening to me. And what makes it even more what makes him even more feel like you're fighting someone who's more fast is that he's able to hit the corners. So when you threw every time Dos Santos or the Dos Santos threw, he would dip out to the side and throw a little combination off of that if he was able to make you miss. And that is one of the most frustrating things because it really is like that Chris Tucker, like which one of y'all motherfuckers hit me? Which one of you hit me? You know, and just (laughs) it does feel like that in there and you feel like you're getting hit from three or four different people. Um, But he fought his ass off. I I, I admire what he did last night. It was very, very... um, inspirational i gotta be honest man it was fun to watch and to me this was fight of the yep. night this was definitely fight of the night and then to hear when i i to hear um i guess manel had said something along the lines that like hey like you know like i'm better than him everywhere yeah you are but there was moments in that fight where you you got in trouble yeah. and uh and and realizing i think in the beginning of the, after the first round that well this kid's not what i thought he was going to be he's better than i thought he was going to be and I've got to be a little more cautious, which I loved in that third round. They literally were just standing toe-to-toe and just banging it out for the last probably 40 seconds, 30 seconds. Great fight. Great performance. Um, I know, that, like you said, he came up short, but nothing to be nothing to yeah, be but, upset about. You know, this this is one of, and this is just another, uh, another viewing for people to see. You know, when we sit there and we talk about, look, there, there's so many good fighters out there. Guys that can step right up and can fight with anybody. You know, and oh no, you know, and, and you know, oh, he would get killed in the USC. Please, mm. this is how good the fighters are out there, and you get guys like this that you know never fought in the UFC, and put on a beautiful performance. Yes, he lost, but he lost on a judge's decision, mm. and man, it was not an easy fight. No, this was a tough ass fight, and just incredible action back and forth, and so you know. People should just start taking note and saying, hey, man, I can't wait to see yeah. all the people out there that I don't know about that are so good because they're coming, as Deion Sanders is. They're coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see him fight. That that division needs a little shake-up. Not shake-up. It needs a little uh, spice in there. We need to sprinkle yeah, a little spice, spice in there. We got there. some spice now in there. So good for him. Yep. Good for this young man. Happy for him. Next fight. Just, Justin Taffa taking on Austin Lane for a second time. <laughs> You know, based upon the eye poke that happened and, and ended uh, the the first one, and uh, damn, it started off with an eye poke right away. <laughs> I was like, that was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, yeah. man, right? But you know, Tafa just okay, we're good, and I'm not gonna let this go to you know have a, another chance. You do put your hand out, I'm just gonna punch you in the head until you fall down. And that's what he did, and I mean, he just put him out. Big time knockout by Justin. Tom. What did I send you, John? I sent you a little gif of <laughs> of the Russian from Rocky Four. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "This is the ref. If he dies, he yeah. dies." He let him take yeah. like two or three unanswered shots once he hit the ground from his back. Like he was on his back getting fucking obliterated by a guy oh, just possessed yeah, so much power. I'm like, power. "Come on, ref, get in there. What are you doing?" <laughs> well, then there's there's this canvas, and there's there there was an open area where there was no. And none of the, the sponsorship stuff. I'm just gonna leave him. Yeah, right. Bedded. Jeez. There's not much to say about the fight, man. He uh, the eye poke kind of was like everyone gave flashbacks. Like, man, this is gonna happen again. Came out, fought, and then uh, it came down to just it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that it wasn't gonna happen. The KO. It was just when it was gonna happen. It was yep. one of those things. Either Toph was gonna get knocked out, or uh, Toph was gonna do the knocking out. 
And I think that it was definitely the latter where Top was going to do the knocking out. And so, no doubt about that now. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, just you could tell that Austin looked a little uncomfortable on the feet as he started feeling a little bit of those shots land to the body, the shoulder, the back, whatever it was. Like, oh man, this guy hits hard. He's got crack. And so, it was just a matter of time. And the way that, the way that um, both Tafas fight, they fight so patient. You know, they're, they're not like, they're relax. not like Tuavasa, man. Tuavasa, he, he's, he's walking you down. He's trying to, you know, these guys are just slowly, methodically just kind of, okay, okay. And then I'm going to lunch. A, a lot like Mark Hunt. Remember how Mark Hunt used to be? Yep, stand there, stand much. there in the middle, wait for you to kind of get close. Okay, very now, much. now I'll get you. Yeah. It's funny. Let me, let me pick my time. And once you get into my range where I feel comfortable, now I'm going to explore. It's a funny story out of AKA. Trevor Pranglin's from South Africa and he's, <laughs> One of the guys that never had great cardio. I mean, you know, he was in phenomenal shape. He could do well. He'd run hard, do the bike workouts hard. He was in phenomenal shape. Something about him and the, his body frame or whatever it was, his muscle. He's fast, his fast twitch muscle fiber. Explosive, right? Hit hard, yeah. hit hard, kicked hard, all of those things. <clears throat> There's moments, though, where he would get so tired, he would literally sit in the corner in, in, the, in the ring against AK, in AK against other guys. He put his arms up on the, uh, on the, on the top ropes. And as guys got closer, he would just... Like little shots, like little kicks, little shots. And then he would wait to explode. You know, like it was like when you got too close, it was like a lion protecting her cubs. I'm going to be like a, a rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so funny, man. We just used to make fun of him. But it reminds me of something like that with with the Tafa thing and um, like how Mark Hunt was. They used to just take the center because they knew that I don't have to get pushed back. I'll just take the center. And when you come to me, I'm just go ahead and strike strike i'm not going to waste too much energy i'm gonna let the fight develop in front of me with my back not on the fence and uh great performance by him great knockout on to the next one man uh let's yep. go next one tyson pedro taking on anton turjak man i'll tell you what uh tyson pedro looked good you know well he took his time he, he was relaxed go ahead i thought that how do you say this guy's thought name? Anton came out looking good. I thought he looked phenomenal, man. He was hitting him with some big shots. Tyson was getting clipped. I was like, oh man, this kid is way better than I thought he was. Way better. And then dink dink. <laughs> it was over, John. I, I texted you, I said, dude, he's outstanding yeah. up. And what what I mean that it doesn't mean he's but he has no idea no. where he's at. No. He was just he got hit with that first combination and he was so stunned by that it was like oh you are in such trouble yeah because because of the fact that you really you're fighting because you're fighting because you're well trained you're in shape and your body's you know responding but you're not seeing things at the same speed now and you're in deep trouble and that that was a big time knockout uh, at the end he, he definitely put him unconscious so big win for tyson pedro who i thought yeah yeah I thought that what I really liked is he was relaxed and calm when the guy was throwing and landing shots and he didn't, there was no panic at all. It was just a matter of, okay, you know, let me get my time. Let me get my time. And, uh, he's trying to enact the training that he's getting from city boxing. And in the end, he put those tools to work and that's how he got the knockout. So big win. I, <laughs> when you, you sent me a, a text in the middle of the fight, right? When he got rocked and he was out on his feet. And I sent you back a gif of John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. This is what it looked like. It was like 
<laughs> he's like, wait, where am I at? Like, he just got whoa, clipped. Whoa. What happened? What happened? It, am I supposed to? <laughs> what's yeah, going what? on? What's going on? <laughs> this is what we do during the fight. During fights, this is what John and I just the whole time. Oh, man. I'm over at a friend's house, and it's like one of my friend's birthday, and we got kids running around and everything like that. I'm watching the fights on my iPad on from the... We're eating some uh, Babe's Chicken. Have you ever had Babe's Chicken? Dave, you ever had Babe's Chicken? No. no. You have to come. You got to have it here. It's it's pretty damn good. Pretty it's, damn it's good. It's a fried chicken. And I'm not into fried food. Um, I don't really eat a whole lot of fried food. Hardly ever. Well, how can you not be into fried food? There, no, man. T- think about this. Fried food is the best. <laughs> yeah. Not the best for My your heart God. or anything else. No, it's not good for your heart. Yeah. I'm not saying it's healthy. Uh, yeah, that's... But goddamn... Hell, you could fry a dog turd and it probably tastes good. <laughs> you go ahead and try that, John. Let me know how I'm it goes. Try it. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a little uh, fried chicken place here called uh, Tupelo Honey, which I think is a chain. Uh, I've only been I've only had it here, but it's pretty damn good too. They do a honey dusted uh, fried chicken, and it's a thin fried chicken, so it's not like all uh, crusty on the top. It has a little layer, yeah. a thin layer of crust, but it's got that sprinkled um, honey dust over the top. With a little bit of honey, dust. yeah, with a little yeah, sriracha powder over the top. Ooh, little honey dust. Oh with man, it's it's fucking melting your mouth, man. It's so good, <laughs> so good. And they're fried pickles. Now I don't eat a lot of that. I don't eat a lot of that, but uh, I'll, I'll get tempted every once in a while. But the babe's chicken is a little fried bit different. It's more good. like a Popeyes chicken. The babe's chicken It's a little bit more like that Popeyes chicken. But this, it was pretty good, man. They do it in all different types of uh, styles. So we were over there having that, and John and I are texting. Shout back out to Babes. Yeah, well, I like their yeah. Shout out to Babes. I like their uh, their green beans too. They have those bigger, bigger, fatter green beans. Californians we get the little skinny ones all the time. Are they fried green? No, beans? No, they're not fried green beans. Come on, bro. I gotta eat something healthy. <laughs> their corn's good too. Anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep talking about food. Is it fried corn? Not yourself, <laughs> good. Oh shit! All right, John. What what other fights on here did you want to talk about? Ah, uh, we gotta go. Look, let's be honest. The the Preliminary, preliminary main event was Carlos Olberg against Da Woon Jung, mm-hmm. and great performance by Olberg. Beautiful job at the end. He gets the submission. Nice job that they went back and looked at it because it was Eugene Perriman was pointing out. He tapped, and he's pointing. Yeah. He tapped, he tapped. You can't expect in that situation. Herb is looking down at the fighter. He's down. He's on the opposite side of the, the where the tap happens, which is right next to the fence and stuff. You can't you can't expect Herb to see that. It's the understandable why he missed it, but he did tap. They went back on replay, and this is what replay is meant for. Don't have so much of an ego that you say no and you don't go to it. <clears throat> Herb did exactly what he was supposed to. Let me go to the replay and find out. I go to the replay. Mark Goddard's on the replay. He says, Yes, he did tap. Good. We have a finish by submission at 449 of you know the third round way to go because look at yeah Olberg was going to win anyways but Olberg now has a submission win that's nice to have on his record it makes him feel good about he went after it he got that finish you always want to have the finish and stuff and it's the right thing for what occurred in the fight so I thought it was a good job by everybody well there was well, there were some things last night that were missed. Okay, Manel Cape grabs oh, was, the face. Oh, grabs no, the fence. Excuse me. Oh no, wait, hold it. You, are we going to talk about the fence? Yes, we're going to. No, we're not going to talk about you the want, fence. You want to? We'll wanna, talk about the you fence show later. The, do you want to show the text I gave you about your phobias? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the <laughs> I do have a phobia about fence grabbing. Kate, Allah, thank you, Tony Ferguson, for that phobia. <laughs> and Herb <laughs> Dean, by the way, thank you. And Herb Dean. Um, there you go. 
But Herb Dean, he could have been in a better position, right? Should you be in that position when it's face down? Shouldn't you be more a little bit more towards the head so you can be, see both hands? If you can see his face in that, mm -hmm. you're going to look towards his face. If you can't, it's covered up by it. You want to try to look at the whole body. Got it. But look, anybody can get pulled into that. You're trying to see because you know it's it's close, and you you want to make sure that the guy goes out. You're you're there for him and stuff, but. It can't happen mm -hmm. with anybody, and to miss that tap, that you know, little tiny things, you know, because the guy's not doo -doo -doo, yeah. not making that movement, totally understandable. But again, I thought it was handled the right way. That's the reason that you have the replay official. That's the reason you have instant replay. Use it, damn yep. it! Don't have such an ego that oh, you can't, you can miss something. Got it. Next fight. Oh, I thought that the uh, Mariscal versus Jack Jenkins. It's a good it fight. Was. It's nasty as far as the elbow injury, and you don't want to see it, but eh, shit happens, man. You know, we've seen it too many times. If you go and, you know, you're going down and you decide to, you know, take that, you know, and put out that post, and you've got that arm straight, there's a good chance if the energy's going the right way, it's going to dislocate that yeah. elbow, and we've seen it too many times, and that's what happened in this one, but... You know, Jack Jenkins, obviously, he's a good good young fighter, tough dude. You know, he's got you know, heavy heavy power for that weight class, but nice win by Mariscal. He's going to be out for a while. Oh, yeah. That's nasty. That is a yeah. nasty net. Like, I, I've had friends that dislocated their elbow. They actually wish it would have just, like, broke or had fractured or something because the dislocation takes longer to heal. Forever. And it, just, and it never feels the same really after that. So... Uh, healthy recovery for him. Hopefully the best out. Uh, this next fight, though, a little controversial on my end. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. But I had McDessie win in the fight. I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a great fight, actually. It was probably number it's two. Really I thought fight. it was the number two fight on there. Uh, I thought the uh, Manel uh, cop fight versus, uh, versus Dos, Santos Dos Santos was a better yeah. fight. This was a great fight, though, too, back and forth. But I had I had uh, McDessie win in this fight. I had McDessie winning it too, oh. but it was close, and so I have no problem. I have no problem at all. Yeah, you know it's all right. I I looked at it. I thought McDessie landed the heavier shots overall in in the fight, mm -hmm. and I thought that McDessie controlled when those engagements, for the most part, you know, Jamie kept you know lunging in and and landing, and at times you know he's effective, but McDessie hurt him in the fight, mm -hmm. put him down. I thought overall he was the better fighter, but. It was a close fight. I'm not going to sit there and, and you know, cry over it. I thought that the the fight you know before that, Hasperat against Quinones. I'll give Landon Quinones. But you put on a way better yeah. performance than I expected from you. I thought Hasperat was going to basically kind of run through him, and I was wrong. He put on a great fight. Yeah, he didn't get the win, and he got tired. Mm -hmm. And this is where you know, Josh, you of all people know, man, when you get tired, fighting becomes a very very ugly mm. situation to be in man it's 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 not good but if you just take and now do the things like you used to do to get to that point where yeah you're gonna get tired but you recover from it and you can push through it mm. that's what Landon Quinones needs to learn from this fight is hey I just need to push one more step forward and get my cardio to a point where it becomes a weapon and I don't get tired and then I'm gonna get the win you could have the best cardio in the game but if you don't know how to utilize it in terms of learning yeah. when to take a step back and get your breath and then coming back in after you've recovered, then yeah. you're not you're not any better than the guy who had didn't do any cardio. Like we've seen it several times where guys, they're in phenomenal shape, 
but they just they basically run that Ferrari right into the wall the they whole time. They're just. I'm going to continue to use this guy as an example because he's a classic case of it. Is Michael Chandler? He's in phenomenal, oh, phenomenal yeah. shape. Phenomenal There's shape. no way, no way you can fight the way he fights and not be in phenomenal shape. But he just walks forward and just fights at a pace that doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how great your condition is, you can't fight at that pace. And not not for the not full for fight. the full fight. And he sometimes will do it. And in this situation, Quinones realized he was in great shape. It's just he yeah. just kept pushing and kept pushing. And the hard part about that, John, is knowing you're in good shape and your opponent, you see them take a step back and then you want to go. And then your opponent sees that you're tired now and then they want to go. That's what makes fighting so fucking amazing, right? Is it? it has to do with who can push on whose will the most. Who can make someone take that step back? I can see you're tired. Now I'm going to step forward. Benson Henderson brought, broke it down pretty damn well when he was talking about Michael Chandler. He said every time Michael Chandler takes a step back and hops up and down, he's tired. Back, yeah. He's trying to recover. Yeah. He's like, I got to make sure he doesn't do that. And that's exactly what a lot of these fighters need to do. Forrest Griffin used to do it a lot. Is that every once in a while he'd take a step back or he'd wait, he'd wait for the opponent to take a step back. Then he'd go, huh, and he'd like, huh, he'd like basically push the air out of his lungs. He, he, would, he would do this. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he did. And he would do yeah, it several I times. I remember yeah. I remember watching Cage side watching him fight. I remember being at, at AK and watching him spar and that's what he did. It's blowing up he's blowing out all the dead air yeah. in the bottom of his lungs as much as he can yeah. so he can get a good fresh breath. Exactly. And so yeah. I saw with Quinones, he looked great the first round, round and I'd say even round and a half, but going into that third round, he looked tired. And at the end, yeah. like the last minute of the of the second round, the end of the third round, he looked exhausted. And uh, you just you started seeing um, uh, Hasbrot run away with it, you know. And uh, just then, what happens though during that situation, John, is the confidence grows for Hasbrot. Oh, he's sure. tired. Oh, he's now he's more like a target practice. And then I just start picking up the pace. It's so weird. You could be exhausted, but if you drop somebody, all of a sudden you get this burst of energy. <laughs> it's like you're the you're you're fresh again. And when you yep. see someone's not performing at the abilities that you know they can because they are tired, that gives you even more energy. That gives you that burst of, I can hit you. I can touch you. I can move left and right. Now I'm just messing with you and toying with you. I don't know why or how it works that way in our brains and our bodies, but it does. And um, yeah, that's, that's, you, that's when you're talking about utilizing your cardio as a weapon. Yeah. All right. We had Charlie Radke going up against Mike Mathia who is blood diamond mm -hmm. is uh, what he's known by. But <laughs> I think that I'm going to go off. Every, it was a good fight. Too much crap off of the, the, uh, the last part. It was funny because DC had two times. <laughs> DC is, he's in there to interview and it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and he walks <laughs> Based upon slurs that were said mm -hmm. like it's called heat of the moment people and you know people make mistakes and stuff and you and it doesn't mean that they're you know homophobic or something like that racky you look you go hey he's he's looking at all you guys that were cheering against him and he's basically saying screw you mm -hmm. you know you you wanted this guy to win well he didn't win too bad it happens you know i love i do like the fact that dana you know he sticks with the we don't tell people what to say you know, if you don't like what he says, then okay, then that'll be the way it is. But I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to penalize him for it, which I don't think they should. 
I'm, yeah, I don't think they should. What? I don't think they should either. I mean, like in this day and age, not in that situation. No, just in this day and age, freedom of speech and oh my all God. these things, John. Just look, let, let, quit being let, so sensitive about everything. Well, let 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 what happened happens. That's the thing. If he's gonna yeah. say it, whatever the results are. You got to deal yeah. with them. That's it. Like, hey, he said it. I mean, he already put out an apology, came out right after. I mean, I saw it on social okay. media everywhere. So good for so him. What more can Whatever. he do? Yeah, no more. What more can yeah. he do? And, but I do love it. You got to give it to DC. It was like, <laughs> what? Okay, I'm out. <laughs> when you get put in a situation like that, you don't know what to do. You, it, you, oh, no. That was good. He's just, oh, okay. And, and, end of this interview. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Right. But, oh, no. Uh, Gabriel Miranda looked fantastic against Shane Young. Came out, man. Beautiful rear naked choke. You know, Shane Young's fast. He's explosive. He's got a lot of power from city kickboxing. But Miranda just quickly gets the takedown, gets the back, figure fours. And, man, I'll tell you what, there was a squeeze on that thing because you can see he started off with his face crank. And he's squeezing that and then kind of, you know, crushing the jaw. And then it slips underneath. And it was like, oh, it's all yeah. over. Uh, our boy, Kiefer Krabi, man, came up short. You know what? He he started off on fire, but you got to give it to Jusette, man. He was very calm. He controlled range and everything. But it's this is the same thing that we've seen with Kiefer before, and I, I love Kiefer. And he can be super explosive. But Josh, there was like 27 seconds left in that fight when that thing hit the mm -hmm. ground. And he looked like a grappling dummy. It, I mean, it was like, you didn't move. Mm -hmm. Every it's it's like chess. I can't allow someone to take two moves to my one. I fall way too far behind. Then I allow him to take three moves to my one. That's basically what we saw here with this fight with Kiefer when that when he hit the ground and he's on all fours. He just he stayed on all fours and you know in a basically a a wrestling parterre mm -hmm. position. And you're looking and you're going, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was like the brain just shut off. I don't know. Yeah, you know what else I noticed that he's he's a he's a small welterweight. He's not. He always has. Yeah, been. he shouldn't be a welterweight fighter. He should be a lightweight fighter. He just doesn't. Yeah. He just can't make the. He's made the weight got, at fifty five. Big legs. Yeah, he's got big legs. He's got you know the thicker upper thighs. He just yeah. you got to find a way, man. You got to find a way to yep. get to fifty five. I also think though too, as he gets older, it's just not. It's gonna be getting it further and further stretched about stretched apart i saw him standing there next to uh uh just who freaking dude just was like you looked at him i went Holy yeah he's shit, a big guy he's shape, a big man. guy remember i was telling you i was watching big that fight shape. Kiefer needed to fight him in a phone booth but without getting hit with the knees and uh that's what i saw from just when i when i watched some of his past fights because i knew we were going to talk about that fight coming up and i was like he stays long with a good jab. He's got a good jab. He's got a good. He's got a good clint. When you get in tight, he will use the utilize takedowns. Really good judo. He's got really good takedowns. And so, um, I just I figured that Kiefer had to fight him in a phone book in a phone book in a phone booth. Had to fight him in a phone booth, and uh, but without getting kneed in the face. So I knew it was going to be a tough fight for Kiefer. But um, I thought the power might be able to get through and land and uh and take him out but i didn't realize how big Josette was until you see them face to face Boy, it big. was huge compared yeah. to kiefer yep all right well hey that's gonna wrap up our ufc talk go ahead and go to onlyfans.com slash weighing in onlyfans.com slash weighing in you know 
following us over there is not is uh, I know it's a uh, seems like everyone talks about it's a little bit more of an inconvenience, but everything that's going on, I think, with um, a lot of these other paid platforms, you know, this is a good way to kind of have a backup in terms of a program or uh, a page for you guys to get extra content from us. And you never know these days. I mean, I've had some friends that have had their YouTube channels basically turned off. Um, they've had their ten they've had their channels, you know, given strikes and then basically um shadow banned and people can't find us. And I've had people I don't know what it is and how we've been shadow, we've been shadow banned a, a couple of times. People sending me sending me um, you know, screenshots or whatever it is of us not being of them not being able to find us. And they're like, We're subscribed to you and we have our notifications on. So we don't understand why we're not getting this stuff. And so I just I think for a lot of people, for a lot of people that have podcasts these days, what you're finding is that they're distributing themselves a lot more on other platforms. For us, OnlyFans is a, is a platform that has the most people across the world on it right now in terms of, I mean, there is so many people and the number one site that spends the most money is OnlyFans, more than Amazon. There more, more credit card swipes are done through OnlyFans than through Amazon. That's crazy because I know a lot of people have wives. John's has a wife. I've got one. They uh they end up spending a lot of money on there. <laughs> John's like you son uh, of a hold it on OnlyFans. Yeah. No, 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 not on Amazon. <laughs> and so it's uh yeah, it's one of those things. Um we just this is another as we're starting to get more into this. I'm looking at OnlyFans as it is a good way, a second tier platform for us to be on. Outside of our YouTube, outside of our, our audio listens on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, all of those things. Um, so you can find us on all those locations. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to us because I know we don't talk about it enough on our audio platforms. We're available everywhere so you can listen to us in the car. Uh, we appreciate that. We want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support us. Our subscription over to OnlyFans, it's free. So don't worry about any of the other stuff. Just Then we'll always be. Yeah, we'll always be free, I believe. I believe there might be a couple little videos in there that we might put out for, for, um, donation, I think is what they call it. But, um, but yeah, it really just comes down to, uh, all the content we put on there will be for free. Just trying to set up a second platform, onlyfans.com slash weighing in, subscribe to us over there. All right, Dave, what else you got for us? Gamebred MMA. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did have Gamebred MMA coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida. Junior Dos Santos taking on Fabricio Verdun for a second time. And now we know exactly why bare knuckle boxing is tough. Well, guess what? Bare knuckle MMA is just as tough. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Fabricio's face kind of showed the uh, results of that. Both guys came in there. I thought uh, Dos, Sant Dos Santos did exactly what mm -hmm. he was supposed to do. Stay on his feet. And just pick him apart in the stand-up. That was what he did. It may not have been the most exciting fight, you know, but if you were, well, I tell you what. Again, if but if but if you're Junior Dos Santos, mm -hmm. that fight went exactly, mm -hmm. except for you know a, a, a second knockout of him in the first round, like you got in the first fight. That fight went exactly like you would you would want it to. Mm -hmm. I just did my thing. I took my time. I was patient. I let the fight come to me at times, and I, when he got within range, I popped him. And that's what happened throughout it. You know, and he wins a, a really nice. Uh, I don't know who in the world the judge was that gave a round to Verdum because Verdum didn't. No, he didn't win one round. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a. 
Yeah, nice 30-27 across the board for Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, and the, like to think that there was some um, – Verdum had some chances on the ground too. There was one time where I believe Verdum got dropped. I think it was in the first round. He got dropped. Our, uh, Dos, uh, Junior, Junior jumped on top of him, started trying to land the big shots, couldn't get round-ended. I believe the round-ended, I think it was. Um, good fight. Like in terms of – I look exactly like what you said. He fought – the fight that he needed to fight to get the win. Absolutely. I've yep. already got a knockout over this guy. I don't need to do anything else. Just keep the pace, you know, keep in range. Every time he gets close, try to land a big shot, you know, and Verdum is uh, not the same as he was when they fought the first time or even before that, when, when he was tapping everyone on the ground, it's hard to move your body. doesn't matter. Look, and heavyweights have never been great at jiu-jitsu. He's one of them that has been though, Yeah, but it's still, it's very difficult. As I get older, training jiu-jitsu, it's hard to put my feet and my legs in positions that I just, in my arms. I mean, knees I, don't bend the same way. I was, <laughs> I was just drilling a move with a guy the other day, and my shoulder going above my head. It's just not the same anymore. It hurts sometimes. Like oh, every once in a while, go ahead, say you'll it. get it. Go ahead, you'll get it. that little pop. Like you'll get that little like oh. doop doop. Like it moved. You get more than one pop. Yeah, sometimes, especially on my back, man. Like guys, like they'll get they'll get side control on me, and I'll go to roll, and you'll hear your back go. Like, oh, what the hell is that? But um, the, like like I said, the fight wasn't the most action packed, but it went the, exactly the way that Junior needed to go to get the win. And he yeah. and I, I gotta be. Th this is what I believe. This bare knuckle stuff is gonna is catching fire. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't know what it is, John. Now I know it's not cut wise and all these things. It's not great for the fighters, which just brings more scar tissue, more fight down, more fights down the line, probably ending by cuts because of the scar yep. tissue, all of those things an accumulation later on down the line. It may not be as popular because fighters are going to, the, their careers will be short, cut short because of the, the damage to their face and all the cuts okay. on their face, all of those things. But for the time being, fuck, it's fun. Okay. Let me, let me, let me just reverse that for you though, because I think you're right. Scar tissue-wise, uh, lacerations are a problem when it comes to bare-knuckle boxing, bare-knuckle MMA. But MMA allows elbows. We allow knees, shins, all these things that are hard structures that are harder than the, the damn hand as far as and the power that can come from them. We allow those things. The one thing that you know, you hear from a lot of people all the time is, well, you know, you, you got cuts. Well, you do, but you don't get hit as much. And what's more important? The if you if you're Josh Thompson and you want to look good, yeah, the lacerations are not good because they start to affect you a little bit. But what we're talking about a difference between lacerations or brain trauma. You're going to get trauma no matter what in fighting, but you're going to get less the less you get hit. And you're going to get hit less in bare-knuckle MMA or bare-knuckle boxing based upon, first off, it hurts my hand if I don't hit it completely right. Okay, so I don't use it quite as much. And fights do get stopped a little bit quicker. They get stopped based upon cuts and things like that. So maybe it's, you know, I've said it forever. I And, I you know, when I used to go to court, you know, this, all this is ancient history. But, you know, I was always in court in the early days of the UFC. And I was always, you know being put on there trying to explain the difference between boxing and MMA and why a ungloved hand 
was less dangerous than a gloved hand because you're trying to explain to people that you know all they know is what they see and you sit there and you say look and i would tell i would <laughs> there always there was always an expert on the you know prosecution side that was trying to shut us down and i said you know you're you're boxing expert there i said you know i said he's got a boxing glove i said i want him to take that boxing glove and and hit that table as hard as he can right and this happened twice <laughs> you know the other times that they didn't put it on but this you know they put a boom and i said now take the glove off hit the table just as hard now with your bare hand you know then why don't i'm not gonna do that why aren't you gonna do that i said because see the glove is not to protect someone's face it's to protect someone's hand that's why he doesn't want to hit you know and so it was a good point to me but it's the truth yeah. and it carries because it's it's true a glove never it was meant to protect someone's face. It's meant to protect someone's hands so they can hit more. Yeah. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't even imagine all the court dates you had to sit in to listen to these oh, fucking dude. idiots talk. It just... <laughs> you know, the, be the best thing that I have going for me is all the guys that are still working, you know, you know the Mark Goddards and the Herb Deans, and, and they all, a lot of them come to me, they say, man, I am so, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I see you with all the bullshit that you had to put up with and the things that people are coming at me with now and stuff. I said, oh, really? Congratulations. It's all yours. John, when I when I was filing the petition for the Patricky situation with the headbutt and that type of thing, trying to get it overturned yeah. to a no contest, whatever it was, it was painful to sit in there and listen to the two things or three things that were brought up before mine and listen to these idiots talk that are on the commission board or whatever it is. I wanted to fucking jump over the desk and be like, you dummies. <laughs> you guys are so stupid. I mean, like, and look, yeah. and I love Andy Foster because he wasn't one of them. Andy's a very smart man. He's a very smart yep. man. He's very reasonable. He understands, like, he understands what's going on in the sport. I think he's probably yeah, the best commissioner in the game. Um, I, I haven't met every commissioner though. Okay, I haven't met every, yep. but he is. Good he's a fantastic commissioner. I like him a lot. He's uh, easy to talk to. You can have a conversation with him about the sport, not just about the sport, but about about the rule sets and how things can be changed, how things should be for the better. I love what he's doing right now with the license plate thing. Yep. You know, um, I told you, if, if, I talk to Andy all the time. Yeah. Andy calls me and you know, sometimes I call him, but we're always talking. And I told him, I said, Hey, I said, when you get your license plate thing, I said, do me a favor, get me one. Yeah. I said, I'm going to, I'll put it up behind me so people can see that they, Hey, you can, you can get one of these and have this, you know, especially yeah, from I'll, California. I'll buy one just to buy one. Like, I, oh, like yeah, and yeah, just, absolutely. you know, it doesn't have to be active. Yeah. You can just buy it, but it's uh Oh no, that's the whole point. You know, is uh you buy it and, um, and a percentage of that I believe goes to the, it's a great idea yeah, for, fighters. for fighters, the fighters of retirement. retirement. Fund. So if you guys haven't heard about that, it's a great thing that Andy Foster is uh, setting up or set up um, for the fighters retirement fund in California. You have to have a certain amount of fights. Before you get put on that. And then yep. on top of that too, um, they have to have been in California. <laughs> certain amount of fights, certain amount of rounds. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You know, but I might actually qualify for that. <laughs> no, you will not. I will not because it was, you know, you know what <laughs> I mean. Past. Yeah, we can't go in the back. Damn. We can't go, through the, yeah. we can't go backwards. Josh trying to grandfather Dang. himself into a, into a retirement. I like that. Yeah. Hey, whatever, man. <laughs> Dave, what else you got for us, buddy? Oh, did, John, there was more fights on oh, that card you watched. There I was. didn't watch oh, anything oh, else but the main event. Just to Joel, Joel, Joel Bauman against Maki Patolo. Joel Bauman, look, look at Joel Bauman has become a really good fighter. He's got great wrestling, and his stand up has become super explosive. He moves all over the place. 
he had a beautiful uh, TKO win over Maki. And Maki's tough, mm -hmm. you know. You've seen Maki yeah. fight forever. This is a guy, man, just a stone-cold Hawaiian mm. brawler. Tough dude. And he just got picked apart. He just got beat down by a better fighter in the end. And so, big win by him. And a big win by, I give it to up for Joshua Weems. Put on a really good performance against Erwin Rivera. Re Erwin Rivera had his moments. Close fight as far as each round was close. But Weems just ended up, you know, nudging him by. And as the fight went on, Weems just got a little bit better and better. And good fight. But overall, you know, congratulations to uh, Masvidal for putting on a really good show. Yeah. I love what he's doing, man. I just hope he's not using yeah. any of his own money. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, we have, uh, from a fight announcement standpoint, Bobby Green has a main event fight in October. On October 7th versus uh, Grant Dawson. So he's right back into it Woo. with another fight. He's an animal, man. Bobby Green, man. <laughs> hey, he is. fighters don't get paid unless they fight. That's right. I, I it just Bobby, doesn't. I don't get it. Bobby Green's yeah. got mouths to feed. Yeah, you know, and so that's it. Look, thirty and fifteen and one is Bobby Green. Twenty one and one is Grant Dawson. Uh, Grant Dawson looked fantastic his last fight. Very dominant. Very. Um, oh, he did. He's, yeah, he he's looked, looked really good. Man, ever since I'm telling you, that guy has really turned a corner. He is good. I'm long. You know, I want to say long ago, a very short time ago. I would have said Bobby Green's going to be too much for Grant Dawson. Yeah. Mm, not too sure now. Grant Dawson is freaking good. But we but we say this every single time. Bobby Green looks like he's the easiest guy to beat. Yeah, and then, he looks like it. And then you get out there. He's, he's fast. He's accurate with his strikes. He's hard to take down. He's got good wrestling. People, they don't, oh, they yeah. don't, they forget really because good he stands so much. They forget he's got good wrestling. And uh, he's good at keeping his hips away. He's, he's good at, you know, getting takedowns if he he's wants fast. to, he needs to. He's fast. He's accurate with his striking. Um, you know, uh, he does his. He's, he's hard to hit. He's the best person I've seen in MMA do the Philly roll, shoulder roll. Uh, he's yeah. he's fantastic at it, man. So um, I'm going to lean towards Bobby just over the overall experience of being in there and making it a dog fight. But I think that first round is going to be hard for Bobby. That first round is going to be difficult because Grant Dawson, still young, still coming. Yeah, he just yeah, doesn't know I what it's differently. like. Okay. I look at it differently. I think the first round is Bobby Green's. Ooh. But if he doesn't do enough damage and he doesn't, you know, make Grant Dawson go, holy shit, Grant Dawson's going to, it's the train's going to keep rolling and it's going to start getting faster. And so, well, but it, I don't know. It, yeah. It's a great matchup. I think it, I love the fight. So can't wait to see that one. Yeah. We're going to see. I guess this, that's what it comes down to. Uh, it's going to be a good fight, though. Um, main event where it's going to be at October 7th oh so that's coming up real yeah. quick yeah oh one yeah one month. yeah one month away oh, damn but, you know yeah. Bobby always comes in shape man good fight and uh who did Grant Dawson fight last time he had a God, who did he fight he had a great performance though he did he had a fantastic Dom, first round submission I believe right was it a first I think round it was a first round submission really yeah wait uh, is Magula oh no no it wasn't a first decision round. Yeah. Jeez, Josh Thompson is Magulov? That's right. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. He got the round I think, three I think that was, I think that was Is Magulov's second Madison. loss in a row. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But it was. It was. All right. Hey, win over Mark Manson. What else you got for us there? Uh, we have Conor McGregor calling out. <laughs> Conor's calling. Hold on. Stop. Conor's calling out someone. You got to be kidding no me. No way. <laughs> Conor's taking Con on the entire roster. I love him. Connor says about 
Volkanovski. Um, ask my ask my bollocks. That little sausage Volkanovski is no way pound for pound number one. Silly. That's quick work for me. 100% accuracy work. Readable, hittable, hurtable. Uh, I like he has this little uh, this title who. Well, it's hard to read Connor's tweets. I like he has this title, though. I, I, I like he has this title, though. We should fight at some stage so the featherweight goats will have all faced off and let there be no debate. Mm. Volk says, let's do it, UFC 300. Hold on. Did he say featherweight goats? Josh, I want to ask a question. Can you be the featherweight goat if you won the title but never defended it ever? No. Okay. To be the goat, you have to beat the goat, and he did beat the goat. <laughs> Here comes Mr. Interim yes. Title Holder. <laughs> yes, yes. This is Dave's way of thinking. Um, I'll tell you what. You could definitely say that Volkanovski is right there as one of the featherweight goats. Obviously, Jose Aldo. But, you know, to sit there and, and to say, oh, because Connor beat Aldo, well, everyone's going to lose eventually. Yeah. You know, Anderson Silva, he lost to Chris Weidman. If you're going to look and say who is the better fighter overall throughout their career, it's going to be Anderson Silva, even though Chris Weidman beat him. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put Chris Weidman down in any way. I love Chris Weidman, tough dude, great fighter, had his moment as the champ that he was un unbelievable. But just because you beat someone doesn't mean that you're the better fighter than them you know, for a career. You're the better fighter that night, no doubt. Well, I mean, they're going to have, like, how the hell is Conor McGregor going to make 45? Never. He's not. He, got the, he would have to cut off his leg. Go. So we have a one, we have a one-legged man and an ass-kicking contest. Well, then, like, the only reasonable way <laughs> for this to fight to happen would be at 55. So then you really wouldn't it be considered happening. a 45 He's pound. not even going to make 55. Which, John, I'm saying. Then how could you consider yourself, let's see who the 45-pound goats are when neither one of you guys made weight for 45? Because we know yes. Volk will fight at 55. He'll do it. And he'll look yeah. good there. Yep. Can Connor make 55 anymore? That's the next question. And then on top of that, like, there's no way he's making 45. There's just no way. Not, no, no chance. But he, you got to give it to him. This is the Dylan Dennis. Oh, man. I think Dylan might has might have actually have uh, given some some insight. Connor continues to tweet or Instagram something. Or do something on social media that gains attention every time, and it keeps his name out there. And that's yeah, still hasn't fought. You know, I um supposedly he's gonna fight. If We're I had see. it my way, I would choose not to give this attention. But podcast Dave is enamored with um <laughs> with Conor McGregor. It's, okay. it's like his idol, and um so this is why <laughs> Conor McGregor is on the show so much over over things like this. But anyways, okay, let's move on. Next one. All right, we got hold, hold up, hold up, stop before before we move on. I'm going to ask you a question: Who wins that fight? Oh, uh, Volk. Okay, yeah, I think Volk. If it was at 45, even at 55, a Volk for sure at 55. Okay, for sure at 55. <laughs> if it's at 45, well, yeah, I get, I get, I get, I got, I got caught up in the whole. Connor like, can't if make it was 45. at 45, are we talking? Is it the old Connor, do the you one that fought well, Jose, you, or the one that do you? Do you remember what Connor looked like on weigh-in days? Because yeah. back then it was yeah. when he was making 145. He looked like he was coming out of a, you know, he was starved. Looked like he was on a mountaintop yeah. with no food forever. 
I mean, he looked horrible. He's never going to make 45. Impossible. No, he'll never make it again. Um, Yeah, he, he looked... But I wasn't sure if you were trying to say, like, which Connor... If Connor, the one that fought Jose Aldo... That one or the one that or the one that fought uh, Eddie Alvarez at fifty five, that one or the neither, one that's now. Pull it. Neither one. Neither one of those guys are are there anymore. Is Connor the same fighter that he was when he beat Aldo? Or no, I thought you Eddie were asking Alvarez. me in comparison if that guy, if it was that guy versus no, this no, no, Volkanovski no, now. Okay, right now, right now, right now. No, I got Volk. Yeah. I, I got Volk. Yeah, okay. He's not, he's he's, he's a he's a shadow of himself. Conor McGregor is, yeah, no. not the same fighter. Okay. They're going to obviously fight for the the vacant two hundred five title. So. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> All right, we next one here. We have uh, O'Malley saying he wants a boxing fight with Javante Davis. Um, well, it says Marlon Vera reacts. Hold on, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean O'Malley said he wants a boxing match with Javante. Yeah, Davis. that's the I'm biggest that mistake he can make. <laughs> if you want to see. If you want to see Sean O'Malley in a boxing match against Gervonta Davis and because you think he can win, stop. Please, stop. Gervonta Davis would annihilate Sean O'Malley in a boxing match. It would be face down, ass up. And I love Sean O'Malley. Please don't. This is not because I... Sean O'Malley is a phenomenal MMA fighter. He's not a guy that is specialized in the sport of boxing, which Javante Davis is. The dumbest thing that that could ever happen for Sugar. No, just it's, it's a money grab. I mean, we'll leave it at that. Okay. A lot of these, a lot of these MMA guys are reaching out for the money grabs. I mean, I would have thought he would have picked somebody different, though. Jesus Christ! You know? Please. Yeah. I mean, if you want to say, if 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 you would have said um, Ryan Garcia. Okay. All right, you know. Still, still, he's not going to win that. I get it, but I'm saying though, like this guy, Javante Davis, he's just going to walk you down, and he's going to land his big shot, and he's going to slap you. Like he's just going to oh. slap rock you. Just going to be you be you get to end up sheep. face down, ass yeah, up. You'll be counting the sheep in a boxing ring. Now I'm not saying the same thing wouldn't happen with Ryan Garcia, but I also think with Ryan Garcia, the there's. The speed, the reach, the you know, the all those. I get it, I get it. But the power, of Ryan Garcia still has power, but not Javante Davis power. Yeah, you know, just different, just different. All right, next. That's as much as I'm gonna spend on. Are right, you guys enjoying these fantasy bookings right now? Are you guys enjoying <laughs> <Fantasy> this? <laughs> we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep rolling. Uh, Fedor was announced for UFC Five, the video game, and Daniel Cormier obviously he you know reposts it and then talks about it. He thinks. Fedor would have beaten him in a fight. Well, I mean, he just says, I think he would have got me. So, um, he might have got me. Yeah. I think he's a bit, first off, he's, first off, he's being, he's being humble, which is very which rare is for nice DC. To see. Exactly. It's <laughs> nice to see out of DC. You know, he's, he's, he's being the bigger man. Say, ah, look, you know, he might have got me, but he would have. In their primes, Fedor would have beaten him. Yeah. He was just a much more well-rounded fighter. Wrestlers did not do well against Fedor, big-time wrestlers. You know, let's just be honest. That was he was great with big-time wrestlers and stuff. So I, I honestly believe in that in their primes, I would have gone with Fedor. But 
Look, you can never take it away. DC was freaking phenomenal. No, he was. He was. Um, I, 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 you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to say, John. And not because there's yes, no, because, no, no, not because they're yes, my friends. Yes. Because, oh, yes. no, the thing is, is that, like, even though Kane had DC's number, and DC's come out publicly and said that. Yeah. Um, but DC just was a, a style matchup, a difficult style matchup, I think, for a little bit more difficult than, than Kane would have been for Fedor. Kane, the submission game, like I said, he, we in the beginning, we didn't have guys that had any submission for Kane to train with. And so uh, DC came along, and that gave him the ability to work more on his wrestling, which made Kane better, which made DC better. But you got to remember who who Kane Velasquez was training with in the beginning of his career. It was Mike Kyle, all stand-up, no grappling. Paul Bonatello, Paul Bonatello all stand-up, no grappling. Um, uh, uh, LeVar Johnson, all stand-up, no grappling. LeVar had power, He though. had power. But, I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, like, he had no one that would threaten takedowns against him. Nobody. You know, I mean, he had to use Trevor Prangley and, you know, some other top-level wrestlers, you know, guys that came in that were wrestlers on our to, to try and take him down and just wasn't just different levels. Levels of that wrestling yeah. ability plus the size just didn't help. And so uh, DC coming in, it made it, it made it more fun to watch their sparring and getting back with each, you know, and, and them going back and forth. But came with the pressure, came with the combinations, came with the kicks, came with the... Just the intensity. A lot of how you saw Sean Strickland fight last night is how Kane approached. He just walked you down, head movement, body shot, head shot, kick, inside kick, takedowns, drop you, let you get back up, push on your head. It was the most frustrating. When I would when I would grapple with Kane Velasquez, and he was like a he would just float on top of you, like or he would let you get up and he would just foot sweep you or he'd hold your he was literally just holding my head down. I couldn't get up off the mat. It was so frustrating, but he did it in a very friendly way, but it was more of a, you know, like, Hey, I got you, buddy. Like, but he made you work. He made you feel that, that pressure of that. You didn't want to, like, you didn't ever want to feel that again. So what do I got to do? I've got to get in better shape. I've got to work on this. I've got to work on that. Those are things. These two made each other better. I just think that submission wise, DC was like a little butterball or is like a little butterball. And for some reason, like it was a lot harder to get a hold of his neck. It was a lot harder to get a hold of his arms, you know, his legs. He was real good at positioning himself to keep his hips away and his feet away from leg locks. And when grappling with the two of them, DC was better at that. And I think that would have given him a little bit more of an advantage against Fedor than Kane. Kane, though, I just... Yeah, it's hard for me to root get root against him because of the the pressure, the cardio, the conditioning, the the aggressiveness, all of those things could have been a factor that hurt him fighting someone like Fedor. But who knows? I don't know. It's hard for me to say because they both bring different things against Fedor, and it's been so long. The gap from the old Fedor to the what I've seen at the end of the, his career, just mm-hmm. so much, too much of a gap for me. I can't. I can't. I can't. Just gonna let it go. Yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna. The, the, I'm one gonna thing, push. the one thing I'll bring into here, I love the fact that Fedor is in the UFC five video game. That's great. Ali Tyson Fedor, you can get him on a special thing. I, I don't play video games, but whatever. But uh, pretty good for a guy that Dana White says he was, I never thought he was that good. <laughs> well, you know they pay. They they, they I had they to paid get him the dig in there. They, they paid him to be in the game. Of course game. they paid you know, him. That's good. Good for him though. It's awesome. I'm glad he. Yeah. And good, no, good for the UFC to say hey. 
you know, we want to put you in this game or EA Sports. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it was really, but EA Sports, but they had to get the UFC's approval to do it too. So well, good for them. They, Dan, like, look, Dana White will say outlandish things, whatever to to promote to promote his promotion. That's right, and that's his job. That's his job. Like he's gonna yeah. say whatever it is because he knows that he's gonna resonate with all the fans out there, the hardcore fans, the casual fans, all of them. Some he's gonna piss off, but that's what he does best, you know. And some he's gonna just feed right into their fuel. And he does a great job of that. And whatever it is that he needs to do to keep building his brand and putting Fedor in the game, it just makes sense. I'm surprised, though, that he hasn't. Uh, maybe he has. Maybe I'm wrong. Hasn't reached out to Frank Shamrock about putting him in the video game. Now, I know he reached out to him about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, um, you know, and putting him in the Hall of Fame. But that, to me, like, when you put someone in the Hall of Fame, it's like, look, I'm just, you're just trying to validate more of your Hall of Fame. But if you put me in the video game, I don't know. It's more of like a... You, rec- you can- I don't know. I, I can't. Put- I don't know how to put it. That we we want you in our in our product kind of thing versus exposure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Does that not- I look at yeah. I look at them being different. Like one is they are to fit. They are yeah. different, but I, I don't know. I don't know that being in the video game is more is more or more prestigious than being in the. No, Hall no, of it's fame. not. It's not. But I'm saying one. It seems okay. like like the Hall of Fame seems like it, you're doing it. We're putting you in the Hall of Fame to let everyone know that our Hall of Fame is legit. But if we put okay. you in the video game, it's like to, to still let you know that we admire that what you, you did. You are legit. You are legit. You're in the game. You're this. You know, you're, you're, and okay. we'll know how legit we think you, that we'll think of you because your stats will say it. <laughs> this guy was, he's got an 89, you know, or a 91 you know, punch thing or takedown, whatever it, was, it is. It was funny because, you know, you're bringing up Frank Shamrock. I was listening, Joe Rogan was talking about Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about look, he's, and he and I think he was right to a point when he's, he was saying, look, when Nick Diaz was fly, fighting, so was especially in Strike Force, he goes, I think that he was one of the best fighters in the world at that time, and, and I agree with him. And he said, and he goes, and Nick Diaz was the first guy to bring in cardio, and I'm like, Mm-mm. no, Joe, Joe, what are you, no. what are you talking about? Yeah. What happened to Frank Shamrock? Because Frank Shamrock was the guy that brought cardio in at a level that was just incredible. And he did that, especially at UFC 22 against Tito Ortiz, where he just out cardioed him, made him work hard and just broke him. And you look and you go, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting old, Joe, 56 <laughs> years old. You're forgetting these guys. Yeah. It's all right though. Yeah. Car- that was, that was, he was the very, he's the one that helped me uh, along with Javier Mendez and uh, they got their routine um, all worked out with Murray Smith. Murray Smith, yeah. Kosaka. Yep. Those guys. I mean, they had, they all had yeah. phenomenal cardio, but Frank took it to that next level of learning how to weaponize it. Putting Man. the pre- putting the pressure, hanging on on people, like making them, you know, giving you the takedown, getting back up, never settling on bottom. His whole mentality was, I never feel tired until I stop moving. So if I don't stop moving, yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And uh, there was some truth behind that, man. And uh, I, look, I've, I've ch- Frank and I, we've had a very uh, what do you call it? Rocky, Rocky, r- Rocky, Rocky friendship relationship, training partner <laughs> relationship, all this stuff. Uh, you know, and the last time I saw him, and it sucks because. I try to tell him like, Hey man, like all of our bullshit aside, all this other stuff. I want to just let you know, like, um, I, I thank you. Thank you for, you know, the beginning. I appreciate, I appreciate you. you. Thank you for the beginning yeah. stages of my career. I said, look, when I stay with AK, I stay with AK because I had a relationship with Hob and this and that, you know, and I, I stayed loyal to, to the gym and not, not just to, 
not to you per se, but it was more to Bob and to Javier because they were my main coaches at the time when you had left uh, and you were chasing Hollywood. And, uh, you know. And he was. He was. But I got a little bit of that kind of weird vibe, like response from him. And I'll keep it to myself. But it just, it let me know. It let me know that, yeah, it's not, it's not a, it's not a friendship that can be mended. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, hey, it is what it is. I tried, but at the end of the day, when I get, as I get older, I start looking back at people that I just don't vibe, I didn't vibe with when I was younger. I just, I just had a rocky relationship with or whatever. And I'll kind of, you know, kind of reach out and be like, Hey man, I see you're doing big things. I want to just congratulate you on that, whatever it is. And I hope you're doing well. Hope your family's doing well. Hope your kids are doing well. All those things just to kind of, cause carrying those things with you. It can, uh, there's no reason, there's no reason to, and it, it is, it is a, it is a excess baggage. That's just heavy for no reason. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It takes stupid. a lot of energy, but, uh, people say, who do you hate? I don't hate. Yeah. Anyone. I don't, I don't hate anyone. It's bullshit. funny. Cause when we were going through the Ariel Hawani thing, I was already kind of in my path of this whole thing. <laughs> and I just, and I had nothing to, I didn't want to say anything negative. I would just say what I had to say through, you know, photos of me on the beach, just enjoying myself, relaxing. And I'm just not bothered. You know, I don't, I don't let, I can't you, can't, you can't let things like that bother you anymore. Speaking of Ariel, did you see his return with his MMA hour as far as the, he did a rapper, basically or a song. It was, it was like, uh, I can't say I, the fact that he did it. I, my props to him that he had the balls to actually sing into a microphone. <laughs> Man. The wording was actually, I don't know who wrote it. Yeah. They did a good job. Good. They did a good job with the whole thing. I think he's multi-talented, man. The guy can do... Like, dude, like, let me just be honest. Doing in-cage interviews, to me, is... is, is I don't like it, but I'll, I can I can do them, and I think I'm okay at them. Doing the backroom interviews when it's dead quiet, it drives me <laughs> crazy. Easy. Like, I, It makes me cringe. And I know, look, and it's a process. You got to really get better at them as you go. You know that. Uh, but Ariel, when he was doing basketball, when he first got signed to the ESPN and started doing basketball and some other stuff, I was very, very impressed with his talent in terms of how he handled himself. Um, you know, I know he's done it in the back with the, with the fighters. It's different yeah. but when you're out there on the center court in the cage or not on the cage, but in, in the side of the side of the court and you've got this guy who's, you know, six ten, and you're, you're doing this. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought he handled himself really well. I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, I was actually a fan. I was, I'm still a fan. I was a fan of his when, uh, you know, when he was doing the, the, the UFC stuff and was family, when, when he went over to ESPN, uh, you know, the, the he'll want thing kind of got me a little bit. And I thought, I thought I always thought he's done a great job. And I look, and I know here, I think I just said, I was a fan and I know that he had that thing with Shab that he put out this video. You said you were a fan. And I think that's what's kind of started a lot of people going, Hey, like people are trying to be courteous to you and you go the hill wanting. So way. are you a fan? Uh, now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard really any of his recent stuff. I don't, I don't get outside my box now. My box is our mm. show, our box, my box is my life and my family. And, and yep. I don't get outside fights. my box okay. and, um, yeah, you know, I watch the fights like you do. And I stay with, I stay in my lane, man. Like this is what I do. So there's there, I'm not, I'm not trying to ruffle anyone else's feathers and stuff, but I haven't seen any of his recent stuff outside of the Hillwani thing when we got into the little spat stuff, but it was just back and forth. I, I don't, I don't have anything against him. If, it's not that, you know what I mean? I, like I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ease my way, you know, I'm trying to find, I'm, I gotta just find, just find your way, buddy. Dave, there's something else that I put up there for you. 
Yeah, speaking of ruffling feathers, let me get you guys out of here all riled Ruffling up and, and, and heated and mad. Uh, Dana White made comments this past week say, um, talking about the Bellator. Uh, you know, he was asked about the PFL ban Bellator, 500 million, blah, blah, blah. Dana says, why on God's green earth? Why on God's green? Why on God's green? You're having a hard time F reading today, earth. huh? Yes, I am. Well, my screen's like, like no, at don't least blame three your feet screen, away from dude. me. Yeah, and it's smaller too. I swapped laptops. It's with why on so God's green it. fucking earth? Come on, get it right, Dave. Would anyone buy Bellator? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, the same thing happened when he bought Pride. Same thing happened when he bought Strike Force, and the same <laughs> things happening. The same things happening though. The WFA yeah. or the WEC. WEC. Yeah, the same things happening when PFL's buying Bellator is that if they are, which we don't know, nobody knows, by the way. But the same things. Look, they, all they want, they want the top. Three or four fighters in each weight class. That's it, you know. And and that, that every time that there's something like that has happened, they they really just want to come in and they want to say, "Hey, I want their champions to come over and challenge our champions, and I also want their top two or three guys, and maybe a couple standouts that are in the top fifteen that you know will spark some interest and some fire." I mean, that's kind of what these that's what these buyouts are. That's what it comes down to is I want to take the top top, top level fighters. And mesh them together and try to really say that, hey, we are the clear cut, you know, number two or number one challenger to the UFC. Because right now, when you're talking about any of this stuff, right now you have what? You've got UFC and I look at Bell and maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm not, man, whatever it is. I look at Bellator as the clear cut number two. I think one and I think PFL are number two and number three. They can fight over it. I think they're they're close. With them, with them amongst each other. Depends on what your platform on how you like it. Okay. Do you like to, to watch more of the um, tournament style? Do you like to see more, um, like I said, tournament styles and understanding where it, where, where, when the fights are going to happen, who for sure they're going to fight next? Or do you like the one with the different rules and, and, uh, you know, and fighters that you've never seen before, but they're fucking super, they're super exciting. The elbows, the knees, the rules, all those things. What do you like? What's your what's your preference for the number three spot? But what this does, if PFL does buy um, Bellator, it puts them in that number two spot guaranteed and the number one challenger to the UFC. That's exactly what it does. Now, in this industry, John, what does that mean? That means that, look, right now, one is buying their time slots on Amazon. And PFL is buying their time slots on ESPN, which I believe is coming to a close because I believe their time frame to renegotiate with ESPN has come to a close. What this does is now it takes it gives them an opportunity to run to a network and say, hey, we have our promotion and this promotion that we just bought. We took all the best fighters. We are the clear cut number two. Now can we talk about not- I want money. Yeah, I want money. I want to get paid to be on your platform. And that right there is what I think the number one key to both any of these organizations, if they're trying to buy Bellator, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that they're the clear cut number two and the number one challenger to the UFC and to put there and to get a TV deal. Because right now the other ones outside of strike, Bellator's not paying for, I said strike force, outside, Bellator's not paying for their TV time. Now they're, because they own the company. So if one of them comes in and buys it, now they're going to go to and they're going to try to negotiate, whether it's with Fox, whether it's with, I don't know, whatever company, whether one's Fox or even maybe even CBS. Maybe they turn around and say, hey, can we negotiate with you to put this on CBS or put this on whatever? It's an opportunity to try to get money from these networks to host their platform, to put their, their 
product on their platform. That's the way that I'm looking at it. So I look at it though also that Dana's looking at certain fighters on this, on the roster. And there will be, there will be, John, you know, there will be some problems after this that happen with pride. Some fighters like Fedor said, I'm not going. And what do you do? Because everyone's contract is different. Yep. Yep. And so, but here, here's the thing, you know, he can't. He's going to yeah, sit there and say, "That's true." Why, why on God's green earth? He would, based upon Dana wants all the best fighters in the world, mm -hmm. and he wants to be able to put on great fights, and that's why people like Dana White, and that's why I enjoy you know the product that he puts out because he puts on great fights. Could he put on better fights having the Bellator roster? Uh, we'll say the top four people in every mm -hmm. weight class. Yeah, he could. Mm -hmm. And so that right there would make Dana White do it. But he can't because he's got a lawsuit yeah. against him. It's not even, this is not even something that he can, you know, even think about. It's like, uh, we're not even interested in that. We can't do that because they have a lawsuit. And there's a monopoly, you know, that has already been, you know, put about that, oh, they are the big monopoly and stuff. They, they, they can't do it like they did. When they jumped in with Strike Force, which at a time they people were thinking, ah, they better not do that. They did it because they wanted the talent. They wanted the talent off of the Strike Force roster. They could get that talent plus mm -hmm. yeah. by buying Bellator, but it's at a bigger price. And so, you know, that might, you know, t keep them from doing it. But yeah, he would if he could, but he can't because mm -hmm. legally it's not an option for yeah. him. And so, Dana's going to sit there and put anything down in that. Again, that's his job to promote his company as why would anyone do this, right? They're stupid. What he's basically doing is saying that the PFL is stupid. Yeah. He's attacking them without attacking Well, look, good job. Yeah, and like it, we've always and like we to start off this conversation. What did I say? I said he he does what's best for his company. He says what's and best for his company. That's what he's supposed to do. You got to yep. tip his, your hat to him because this is exactly what he's supposed to do. And like you said, he can't. The company can't buy him. Like there, with the class action lawsuit and what's going on with all that stuff, you got to just stare clear of all that. Now, some of those fighters that don't try to sign with or restructure you could, their, you their could deals. have some some fighters in Bellator that have a a contract that does not just transfer over that the UFC would mm -hmm. have a chance of possibly signing him. And that would be a good thing that he would definitely yeah. do. Well, I guess we're going to see how it all I'll plays out. We're going to see how it all plays yes, out. But sir. Dave, there was one more thing that I wanted you to, you know how up. it's going to play out, Josh. Huh. Bellator has got a fight in Dublin coming yes. up September 23rd that I'm looking forward to a lot of fights. Thank God you're going to be talking about. A well, let's talk stuff. about that real quick. You got, <laughs> no, no, let's not. You got Johnny Eblen and Fabian Edwards. Oh, yeah. To see who the best middleweight Talking in the world about middleweight. is. middleweight. You wanted me to bring up the middleweight <laughs> stuff. Guess what I just did? I'm telling you. I was trying. I'm telling you. I'm, don't sleep on Johnny Eblen, you guys, and don't sleep on Fabian oh. Edwards. These two guys are, oh. to me, I believe, the two of the best, if not the best, Johnny Eblen right now, to me, is the best middleweight in the world. Um, guys can knock me all you want. I'm sorry, but what I saw, oh, I what I saw from Izzy Come last on, night you, and what I've seen. Would you not like to see? Yeah. Johnny Eblen against either Strickland, Izzy. Well, they trained together. They've trained together. Oh. And Johnny Eblen and, oh, and Strickland have trained together. I know. We, I know. yes. Yes. This, I mean, you guys should be hitting them up and asking them how sparring went. You guys go no. ahead. 
It's all good. No, I pulled up. Pull up one more thing. There's one last thing. Oh no, we have another. Well, no, it's the last thing. We're going we're, long. We're, no, we're finishing on going the Marshawn Lynch thing. I need I, to finish know, what, on that. What we oh. need to finish the NFL. We need to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs no. facing off against. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're gonna smack me. Come on. Come on. Have you ever? Yeah, you ever been kicked in the pussy? You can't hit an old man. <laughs> you can't hit an you old man. You ever kicked in the pussy? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have one. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, go ahead. What says my superstition was that I needed my to have? My superstition. That's awesome. It says my superstition. My superstition was that I needed to have maybe a shot, a shot and a half before every game. The best part, Peyton Manning goes, a shot of what? Hennessy, of course. <laughs> it was so good. Dave, can you scroll? Can you play the video? Oh, yeah. Jesus, man. Oh, Dave's one step behind. He, li he looked at Peyton like, give me a shot of Hennessy. Yeah. What's wrong with and you, man? Peyton, I, you could just tell he was feeding into it going like, of what? Well, uh, he knew. Well, yeah. not. A oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let me see. Listen to this. Right. What were yours? Right. What, what was your uh, My superstition was that I needed to have maybe a shot. A shot and a half before get that half every game of Hennessy. What you mean? Uh, uh, I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> Gatorade, <laughs> Gatorade, tore it all. Gatorade, hell no. No, the best he because he goes, I don't know, maybe Gatorade tore it all. What? Man, I love the Manny brothers. They're both. They're great together. They're, They're hilarious together. Their commercials are great. They they do a Monday night uh, football because uh, they can laugh. They're, they can laugh at themselves. They're great, man. So, um, but that was hilarious when I saw this. It was so funny. I had to make sure we ended the show on this. So, hey guys, I want to thank you guys so much. Make sure you guys go to OnlyFans.com/slash Wayne and hit the subscribe button over there. Go to Wayne in merch. Pick up some of our gear there, and don't forget to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. We also have a clips channel with the link down below. Click that link. Subscribe to us over there. Hit the little bell. Got some notifications coming because we got some new content coming out for you guys, specifically for you guys. Thank you guys. John, take us away. Big things coming, just like Sean Strickland being the middleweight <laughs> world champion. Wow. And we are done. We will see you.